Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Wow, what a good day to be together. And uh, I have a word stirring in me this morning that by the grace of God, I'm going to get out. Amen? So uh, open up your Bibles. We're going to stick with this word unless, just because I didn't, just because it's a good word. (laughs) Unless. Open your Bible to Psalm chapter 27 this morning. I'm going to begin reading in just a moment from verse 13. How many of you voted this week? How many of you realize that our nation is still greatly divided? Hatred, anger, where the unrighteous rule, a nation hurts. And whether you realize it or not, because we live in Florida and we think that there's like the United States of Florida, and then the United States of the rest of the nation. Um, We have greatly benefited uh, as a state over the last couple of years. And uh, I do bless and honor uh, Governor DeSantis. I appreciate him and bless him. Amen. He's not a perfect man, but then neither are you. And, uh, but I am uh, greatly appreciative of the things he stands for and being a veteran himself, um, I just appreciate um, so much of the freedoms and the liberties that we have had um, in our state and uh, the freedom to just uh, be able to live our lives. Um, And yet with it, uh, there comes a great responsibility And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that responsibility uh, today as I just share um, the things that are in my heart. So I want to read just one verse, Psalm 27, verse 13, says, I would have lost heart unless, say unless, I would have lost heart unless... I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, verse 14, and I'm going to read that later on uh, before we wrap up this morning. Really, it's hard to read verse 13 and stop because 14 is such a vital part of those two verses together. Uh, But I would have lost heart unless... I pretty much don't know anyone that's not going through some kind of major battle in their life. If you sit down with almost anyone and have a heart-to-heart, you will hear a lot of struggle. You know, after the uh, storm came through uh, a few days ago, we were praying over our state, and uh, Daytona Beach, for whatever reason, was just nailed, not so much from the wind or even the rain, uh, but five days of, of the ocean showing its power. And I was watching an interview of a little lady who had been 
She was a widow and she'd been living in her home on the beach for 36 years. And from her back door past her swimming pool, it was about 50 feet of beautiful grass she had to her um, wall, seawall. And as they were interviewing her, they were showing the seawall was gone, her, her dirt and grass was gone, the pool was uh, half broken, laying over, and the back part of her house was gone. And the front of her house, just a little bit of space from her garage to the road. And more than likely, she'll never be able to rebuild her home there. And they were interviewing her and a little lady that lived across the street. And the little lady across the street was telling a story. She was a, a, an older lady as well. And she was telling the story of how her dad, when he bought land in Daytona Beach years ago, decades ago, when her and her siblings were asking, why, why, aren't, you, why, why aren't we build, buying land on the other side of the road so we can go out our back door and, and just be right there at the beach? And her old dad said to her, the beach, the ocean, goes where it wants. And one day, he told her and her siblings, one day, maybe not in my lifetime, maybe not even in your lifetime, but one day, the ocean's going to come and claim more of what it wants. And as she was talking, the interviewer asked her about the road. And she said, yeah, one more storm like this, and I will probably have beachfront property because the road itself will be gone. Matter of fact, they were talking about how the engineers were gonna to have to come in and they were gonna to have to, I, I would have lost heart unless. I mean, that, that's just one story, one scenario of the world that we live in. I was speaking with Joshua and Angel uh, two nights ago, um, late at night. Um, it's a 12, 13 hour difference between us and China. And so we're always having to flip flop who, who gets to talk at night, who has to get up early in the morning to talk. And, and uh, I asked Josh and Angel because um, almost this whole year, think about this now, almost this whole year, they have been in the jail of their apartment. They live on the 27th floor and for months not allowed to leave their apartment. Kids not allowed to go outside. And we were just talking about the mental wear and tear and Josh and Angel are always so positive and so our trust, our hope is in God and God's allowing us to do this and, and touch these people because of what we're going through. We maybe would not have uh, had an opportunity otherwise. And, and th they were telling me just to be able to get food each week, one of them, either Josh or Angel, would have to go downstairs um, and and get a COVID test at the door of their apartment where the authorities were at every apartment. Think about 1.6 billion people basically locked up for months trying to get to somewhere in COVID that doesn't exist. And he said we would have to go down and 
sign the document, get a COVID test, and then one of us was allowed to go to a store nearby and buy enough food for a few days until the next time we would have to go down. A few months ago, uh, they finally lifted the mandates and Josh and Angel were able to get in their vehicle and go to the place where I have been um, several times to minister uh, to uh, seminary and their house churches uh, four or five hours away from Chengdu where they live. And, and so they took the opportunity, immediately loaded up in their vehicle and headed off uh, to the country to a much smaller town. Their town is about 18 million people, small town in China. And they went to a much smaller town, which is only about nine or 10 million people. Um, and Philip Ferrara has been with me several times there. And, and uh, so they headed there and within a couple of days of getting there, all of a sudden uh, the government imposed once again mandates and they had to be locked up. This time, not in their own home. They had to find a place. Somebody in their fellowship uh, was able to move out of their one bedroom apartment, give it to Josh Angel and their three kids. And there they lived for a month, um, doing everything they could to minister in the openness that they had, which was very little compared to what you and I live on a daily basis. I, I tell this story just to help us as Floridians to realize we have been given much. And to whom much has been given, we will stand and give an account one day to the Father for what we've done with what we have been given. Even in the midst of difficulty and difficult days, difficult times, difficult situations, struggles, Financial struggles, marital struggles, relational struggles, uh, sickness struggles, everything that we've gone through, I would have lost heart, the psalmist said. Now, he didn't write that psalm because everything was going great. He didn't write that psalm so we could sing it one day as a song because it's, the words sounded like they rhymed together. The psalmist wrote that, hear me, because he would have lost heart unless... Because he was going through a battle himself, going through struggles. And, and when I say everybody that I talk to, if you spend more than five minutes with anyone, you will hear coming out of them the struggles of the day that we live in. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with sharing our struggles. Everybody in this room, when you see me, ask the question, what? What do you ask? How you doing, Pastor? And then you go, oh, I, I didn't mean to ask that. I'm okay with you asking that now, all right? I'm all right. I'm not going to give you the answer that you want, but, but I'm, you know, I'm okay with the question. Because it's according to what day it is, or you know, what meds I've been on, or what struggle that I'm dealing with. Just like you have your struggles and your difficulties. And of course, we always say, you know, oh, I'm doing great, or everything's okay. Or we try to say it, and anybody we're talking to just knows we're lying. Right? Because you might be going through something. I was sharing with a prayer team this morning for the last week and a half, our dear sister, and I'm sure Helga is watching this morning online, but Helga, 
who is five years younger than I am, passionate about the kingdom of God, an amazing woman of God, amazing sister, someone who God delivered and set free. And, and just she has been so amazingly used in, in China and in the Philippines and, and in uh, Sudan and in Uganda. And her heart is to be well and strong and on her way back somewhere to do something for God. But she's laying in Haven Hospice, and, and her and I have had so many amazing conversations. I, I, I don't believe I've ever sat with anybody that was so close to death, that was so at peace. And, and wanting one thing, but when it's all said and done, my trust, my hope, my confidence is in God Almighty. We, we've, we, we've literally talked about if she beats me to heaven, I've given her some instructions. <laughs> uh, I've told her who to say hi to and who to give a hug to and, and those kind of things. And we laugh about it. We talk about the peace that we have in Christ. Why? Because I would have lost hope. I would have lost my faith. I would have, I would have despaired unless. See, I remember, how many of you were around years ago when I preached a message for a few weeks um, titled, Nevertheless? That was a powerful word. Somebody needs to preach that again. <laughs> but unless is a lot like nevertheless. Unless, the psalmist said. I could look this week, uh, most of you know that uh, this coming week, I think Friday, uh, Chosen, uh, the Chosen uh, season three is coming out. So this week, uh, as I was at home, um, most afternoons because of what I deal with, a lot of times with fatigue, et cetera, um, I decided I would watch the last episode of season two, you know, to get ready for season three. <laughs> So I watched it, but then that, that wasn't good enough. <laughs> so then I went back and watched episode one of season two. And within two days, I watched all seven or eight episodes. And so encouraged, just in Jesus. Unless I had seen, unless I had believed, unless I had looked in his word and believed what he said to me and for me and about me, I would have despaired. You would have despaired. Oftentimes, people are not even here today, oftentimes because they got so discouraged this week that when it came time to get ready for the weekend, they just couldn't even muster up enough strength to go to the house of God. Don't ever judge those people harshly lest you find yourself in that place. I would have despaired, would have lost some hope had I not believed. In what? In the goodness of the Lord. I love the one scene, I don't remember which episode it was, but uh, Jesus was ministering from sun up to sundown, and he was wiped. And his disciples were sitting around the fire arguing, basically in preparation for who's going to be the greatest. 
I would have wiped them out if I was Jesus. But then again, there are times when I'd wipe me out if I was Jesus. You know, just like seriously, Lord. And, and they're just, they're just, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, is sitting in the circle. And you could tell how grieved she was at, at what she was hearing. And then all of a sudden, man, one of them got so mad, he jumps up, stands up. And, and then I think it was John. Then James' his brother stands up. And, and then across the fire, Peter and, and Andrew stand up. And they're like, they're having a standoff. And then a couple of the others standing, and they're doing the big stare down. When all of a sudden they hear the rustling of leaves. And they look up, and, 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 and Jesus is coming back into the camp. And the arguing stops. And it gets quiet as they stare at each other, as they see Jesus literally walking to his tent. Think about it. The Son of God just wiped out from healing people all day. From pouring his life into those who were hurting. Touching lives in such a significant way. You know what we're called to do? We're not called to go to church on Sunday morning and then come back next Sunday and do it all over again. We're called to give our lives to the world that we live in. I want to tell you this morning, there, there have been some times over the last few weeks when, when I've been grieved, even at my own church, the, the, the lack of sometimes passion and fire and, and purpose and, and the seeming apathy when it comes to the house of God or the word of God or, or, or you know, giving your life to one another. We just, we, we just do church. And doing church is not enough. I would have lost heart if this is all there is. You see, we're going to walk out of here in a little while, and you're going to have an opportunity to go through the fire and maybe even be discouraged. But in the midst of it, speak into yourself like the psalmist did because you've been called to do something with your life. You see, the reason Helga struggles with so much with just giving up and saying, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm ready to go take me home. Is there is something inside of her that wants to keep on doing what she was doing. Something inside of us that goes, my life is more than just playing basketball, more than just throwing a football, more than just hitting a golf club, more than just going to work, more than just buying groceries. Who can I impact with what has impacted me. I, I know that we have to raise our children and go to work and buy groceries and do life and all the busyness stuff, but I'm telling you, if you get so caught up that that is all there is, you're not teaching your children and imparting into your children the things that they desperately need in their life. To walk in victory to make it through their teenage years and still love. If you're leaving it to the rock school to teach your kids, you're going to miss it. We're called. Pastor Hector, for those of you that choose not to come on, I mean, we're not able to be here on Wednesday night. Um, Pastor Hector brought a powerful word on Wednesday night. 
And he started out with sharing some stats. I don't know, unless, unless I had believed, I got discouraged with Pastor Hector's stats about how few Christians even read their Bibles. How many of them ever required their children to read the Word of God? We're just kind of hoping and praying that our kids make it. They're not going to make it with a hope and a prayer. They're going to make it as we teach and do warfare over our children to help them make right decisions. Because every decision they make has consequences. I don't know about you. There are a lot of decisions I made when I was young. If I could do it all over again, come on somebody, anybody there with me? I'd have made some different decisions. Consequences I had to pay because of bad decisions. I don't know about you. I don't want that for my children. I don't want that for my grandchildren. But I know just going to church is not enough. The psalmist wrote out of a passion of the battle that he was facing in his life. And and I just, I've just hung out in this verse all this week. Because as I talk with people and tomorrow night I have an opportunity to, I'm I'm a part of a a support group. That's, um, When I first got diagnosed three years ago, and and actually this last Friday was three years since I was diagnosed, Um, right after being diagnosed, Jessica, my daughter-in-law, and I went to a support group for multiple myeloma because I did not know what multiple myeloma was. Three years later, I have a whole lot of knowledge, and I still (laughs) don't really know what it's all about. But we went to this support group, and there were probably 20-plus people there, 25 people. And all of them were either a multiple myeloma patient or the spouse or a caregiver for multiple myeloma. When I first got diagnosed, my doctor said, you'll probably never meet anybody else that even has multiple. It's, it's just so rare. We've, ha- we've had three other ladies in our church two of them going through smoldering multiple myeloma. I have over 30 new friends on my prayer list that all live their life every day fighting multiple myeloma. Their whole life is the battle. I cannot let it be my whole life. Multiple myeloma is not who I am. I'm not a victim of multiple myeloma. It is a battle that I'm facing just like you are facing your battle. And it's it's so important that you face your battle the same way I face mine. And that is 100% all Jesus. You got to find out what the Lord is saying to you. You got to understand what he's speaking to you. You, you, you got to get a word from the Lord how you're going to walk through. Maybe it's your marriage. And there's not enough good books to read to make your marriage great. Your marriage needs Jesus. And when your marriage is struggling, you can read your books, 
You can go get your counseling, but I'm telling you, until you surrender it completely to Jesus Christ, both parties, that's your chance of not only making it, but being an overcomer. Living victorious, talking it through, praying it through. Our battles are real. And as the psalmist said, I, I would have lost heart had I not believed. So tomorrow night, they are restarting the group um, after over two years of COVID. And so when they first sent out the invitation, I had volunteered to use one of our rooms if they couldn't use it at Florida Cancer. And um, so obviously many of the folks are not believers and some of them struggled with coming to anything that was church related. Can I tell you something? I don't know how you face some battles in the world without Jesus. I mean, seriously, I don't know how you go through, I don't know how you go through a bad marriage without Jesus. Yeah, I do. You end up at the divorce court. Recently, somebody that I love dearly wrote me a text and said, so bizarre, after two and a half decades, I'm standing in the same line I went to get my marriage license, and today I'm getting my divorce papers. And I thought, ought not to be. Both husband and wife claim to be Christians, love Jesus. How, how do you end up there? I could end up dying soon, sooner than what I believe is my time. If I just believed the stuff that I hear. If I just believed the doctors every time I walked in for two years when, when they would say, you know now, don't get your hopes up. We can't cure you. Okay. Amen, doctor. You do you. <laughs> I got a higher calling I'm going to. Amen? I got somebody that can do what you cannot do. And I understand why they say what they say. I just don't want a job where I have to tell people every day I can't really do anything for you. I want somebody that believes. Amen? That even though in the natural it looks impossible, would have lost hope. But my confidence and my faith is in Christ. And so tomorrow night, I really prayed. I said, Lord, I, you know, I don't want to be in a support group. I, I don't need unbelievers <laughs> trying to encourage me. <laughs> you know, I don't need them telling me what I should be doing. So, so I, I, I wrote the precious lady that's worked so hard to try to bring all this back. And, and I said, listen, and I wrote a private uh, uh, email to her. And I said, I, I just want to ask, because the, the last time y'all tried to do this, everybody's talking about, yeah, let's come back together. We'll spread the chairs out, wear a double mask. I, said, I can't do that. You know, I just can't do that. I can't, I can't put on one mask, much less two masks. I like breathing. And my hope is not in that mask that doesn't work anyhow. Amen? My, my confidence, now I'm not going to be foolish just like I went through, you know, almost a whole year stiff-arming all of you people that I love. And even if I let you hug me now, I almost always say, you're well, right? Don't hug me if you're not well. Why? Because, you know, we got to use wisdom, right? But we don't have to live in fear. Because if they're already telling me there's nothing they can do to save me anyhow, I can either live or die. And I'm choosing to live. Amen? 
and you're choosing to live in your marriage, in your difficult situation, in your finances, in your job, whatever it is you're going through, I trust and my prayer is that as a believer, you are getting passionate about a hunger to say, I need all that God has for me. I need more than just church. Church is awesome. I can't even imagine life without church. Honestly, Josh and I talk, and Pastor Dennis down at the Rock of Maypin and I were texting early this morning. We text several times a week. Our friends in Cuba right now struggling. Oh, my gosh. When I even think about them, I have to quote this scripture. I, I would have lost hope, confidence. They are going through stuff you and I can't even imagine going through. They have nothing. Even if we sent them money right now, there's nothing to buy. Hear me, not even on the black market. The place is desolate. Their kids are hungry, eating once a day, maybe twice. Rice and beans. And beans and rice. And rice and beans. And we complain that Disney closed until noon the day after the storm. My gosh, you gotta be kidding. Come on, open up Disney and faith. I'm not against Disney. I'm against your loyalty to Disney. When you're not in a small group and family night on Wednesday night where you can be taught the word of God, It'll change your life. I told the prayer team a while ago, we've had the best year of teaching, and I didn't teach. Come on, somebody. 35 years. And I, don't, I didn't teach one time, right, on Wednesday night. Man, Hector's taught, Jamie's taught, Ron's taught, Jim Gilbert's taught. Um, Gary Lundy has taught. Bob uh, Fowler has taught. Franco is taught. We've been challenged. We've been convicted. We've gotten mad. They come, I, I come on Wednesday nights like, how many pages, Hector, do I have to fill out tonight? And when are you going to get to the actual first point? When Hector got to point one Wednesday night, half of my sheet was, all, I'd already taken so many notes. And, and then I found out, I realized I didn't have the right notes in the little circles that he had. That messes me up. See, I'm, I was like, it's got to be straight. It's got, you know, I got to have it. But man, good stuff. Challenging us. Don't get mad at me this morning and don't think I'm heaping condemnation on you. I am as your spiritual daddy trying to challenge and encourage you. Don't let the kingdom of God and your relationship be based on just what your conscience says. Suzanne said something to me recently, and it was so powerful. We were talking about encouraging people to go vote, and I've said it oftentimes, go vote your conscience. Suzanne said, honey, you got to stop saying that. Because unless their conscience has been determined by the word of God and what the conviction of Holy Spirit saying, their conscience, they, they can absolutely think they're right. We have to renew our mind daily in the Word of God. We have to stir ourselves because tomorrow God's got an opportunity for you to touch someone's life. 
For me, tomorrow night, I go to this support group. I'm going to, you know, just be quiet. Y'all don't know nothing about me. Y'all think you know. I rebuke all of y'all. No, no, I, I, I know when to be quiet. I know when Holy Spirit will bring a word that will encourage you. Y'all remember the story I told last year when Philip Ferrara had gone with me out to Little Rock and it was the last day and I was with the doctor and I came out and Philip was talking to two people. That in itself was a miracle. <laughs> Just kidding, Philip, wherever he is over there. But he was talking to these two precious ladies and he had been sitting across the room working on his computer on his business back here in Gainesville. And at his own expense, he flew out to be with me so I didn't have to go alone. And, um, and so he spent the two days while I was going from clinic to clinic, following me around and resetting up his office and doing his work. So when I came out and I'm ready to go, he is busy in a conversation. And I'm like, wow, I am not gonna disrupt this. So when they got through and the ladies smiled and they were hugging Philip and Philip's hugging them and he introduced them to me as his pastor. And we got out of the car and I said, well, what was that all about? And he tells me the story of just feeling like he was supposed to go pray for this precious lady, knowing obviously that one of them had multiple myeloma and the other one was probably a sister, cousin, a friend, whatever. And they were two sisters and he Ask the lady, he says, can, can I pray for you? And the sister says, well, what are you going to pray? And he says, well, I'm a believer and I believe this, this, and this. And she said, okay, wait, 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 just a minute. Let me tell you what we believe. And if you can line up with what we believe, you can pray over my sister, but don't lay hands on her until I know that you know how to pray. Because we believe that the work has already been done. Come on, somebody. She starts quoting 1 Peter 2, 24. She starts quoting the Psalms where he sent his word to heal. And by his stripes, we're already healed. And old Philip, man, I, I can imagine his knees probably started shaking. His probably started sweating. He's like, man, I'm under some serious pressure now here to pray. <laughs> But because he was in agreement with me, he knew how to be in agreement with them. And so we got those precious ladies' names, and they're on my prayer list of my multiple myeloma friends and acquaintances that I speak the Word of God over every day. Sadly, just in a few months, three of those people have passed away. Two of them, I do not know if they were believers. But when you're going through your battle, whatever your battle is, you gotta get to that place where the Word of God becomes your life. The conviction of Holy Spirit, that your life is more important than just existing on the face of the earth and then dying. See, Helga's not existing, she's living. And I believe she's gonna live until the moment 
she enters in and hears well done. And until she does that, I'm still believing for a miracle. I'm still believing there's nothing too difficult for God. There's nothing that God can't do. There's nothing that his word can't accomplish. But I'm at peace with God. And I love a sister who is at peace with where she is in Christ. Psalm 119, verse 92 says, Unless your law had been my delight, unless your law had been my delight, I would then have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. You know how it becomes life? When the Word of God gets off the pages and into your heart. And you begin to confess and declare, thus saith the Lord in your life. That's why it's so important to be in the Word. That's why it's so important to be in a small group where you can be encouraged and build up and prayed over and, and standing in faith. Last night, two of our young men lead a group with a bunch of nine and 10-year-old boys. And, and they met here on the church property around the campfire to do stuff boys like to do, which is work out, run, throw axes, shoot guns. No, they weren't doing that. At least I don't think they were. They might've been. But anyhow, the bottom line was the end. They were in a circle and I had the privilege to speak to these boys a couple of months ago and I was so encouraged. Oh my gosh, I was so encouraged with how much of the word of God these boys knew. Nine and 10 years old. They didn't just get that. They didn't get it off of television. They got it because they had been challenged, stirred, and encouraged to get in the Word of God. And then not only to read the Word or to quote the Word, they were encouraged by their leaders. Tell us what that Word means to you. Come on, somebody. What does the Word of God mean to you in the midst of your battle? You walk out of here tomorrow, today, and tomorrow you face a new battle. Are you going to cave in? Are you going to press in? Are you going to say, God, use me in a way that I've never even imagined before? Help me to touch someone's life. Help me to help someone get what you have freely given to me. We need. The psalmist said, I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. A lot of believers today are dealing with these things in their life. Listen, because I'm, I'm, I'm closing. I'm wrapping up. A lot of believers today are dealing with discouragement. Discouragement in their personal walk with the Lord. Discouragement in their inability to hear the voice of God. Discouragement in their inability to feel his presence in the house of God when it seems like everybody else is being touched. Why can I not feel his presence? A lot of believers are dealing with pain. Can I tell you, pain is a horrible thing. Don't ever look at somebody, especially in the latter days of their life, that are struggling with pain and look down on them. Like if they just had better faith or greater faith, or why don't you just take a whole bunch of drugs? Pain. Okay, y'all can explain this to your kids when you get home, but pain sucks. It really does. 
and to have a, a uh, continual pain. It, it, it'll stretch your faith. Because you're, you're trying to go, I need to just believe God here or I could just take this pill. And there, there are times to take a pill. Hear me. There are times in 2022, if your faith is not yet there to get you to a place where that is not going to influence your life and your decisions, then take a pill and get over the pain. But don't let the pill become your stick. Amen? A lot of people today struggling with feeling alone in the house of God. A lot of people feel abandoned by their families, their friends, their church. A lot of people struggle with disloyalty, people that they have loved and given their life to and for, that just blow them off and walk off. Psalmist said, I, I would have lost hope. A lot of people are struggling with fatigue. If you have never experienced fatigue because of a medical reason, nobody can explain fatigue to you. Can I get an amen from about 10 of us that know what fatigue is? Fatigue will slap you upside the head. Because of what I'm going through, and never, ever before. I've been tired. Come on, somebody. I've been tired. I was in the military. I know what it's like to run eight miles with combat boots on and, and, and leg weights and then climb a rope and then, you know, do push-ups and sit-ups and then run down to the plane, get on a, a parachute and go jump. I, I know what being tired is, but being tired and fatigued are two different worlds. Fatigue will attack your faith. Unless I had believed in the goodness of my God. A lot of people struggle with family discouragement, friendship discouragement, country discouragement, national discouragement. Now, I don't know about you, but our nation needs God. I mean, desperately. Decisions that are being made by the leaders of our country are taking our country to a place we never imagined we would go. And it blows me away that people make decisions and vote for that kind of leadership. But it's a choice. And because choices our nation have made in the future, we will either suffer consequences or enjoy an amazing revival of God to bring our country back to where it needs to be. So, Back to Psalm 27, verse 13. Man, it is so quiet in here. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So you don't want verse 13 without verse 14. Because the process of waiting is not an easy process. How many of y'all just have the personality just waiting for you is just a piece of cake? Y'all, you're amazing. 
Nobody. We don't like to wait, but yet the process of us walking to the place of victory is waiting in his presence to hear his voice, to worship, to acknowledge, to honor, to give God our all in all. Why? So I won't lose heart. So I won't lose faith. Don't wait until a disaster happens in your home or to someone you love dearly to get desperate for God. Worship team, come on out quickly, please. I want to ask you this morning where you're seated to just for a moment to close your eyes, bow your heart. We're going to wait for a moment in his presence. Because I believe today the Lord wants to stir inside of each of us. Some of us need to be convicted. Some need on our journey encouragement. Some need to be reminded how much Jesus loves you. I've asked the team to sing this song, Kristen, to sing this song that I asked her to sing months ago. And as you sit with your head bowed and your eyes closed, let this song minister in your spirit. Hear Jesus saying to you, how much he loves you. How much he's for you. Hear him as he says to you that he has plans for your life and a purpose. That he's thinking good thoughts. And he wants you to be encouraged in him. Today, before we leave this place, I want us to allow Holy Spirit to do what he does well, to touch us right where we are. So like the psalmist, we can say with conviction, unless I had believed, And to say with conviction, I do believe. What is it this morning that you need to believe for? What is it in your personal life that your declaration needs to be no matter what it is you're going through, I still believe. It's a word I say every day. It's a word I declare every day in my life. I look in the mirror. And I say, no matter what I feel today, no matter what my body's saying to me today, I still believe in the goodness of my God. Listen to these words as Kristen sings this song. To me, kind of a love song from Jesus to us. And then we're gonna minister, pray over you, with you, for you. 
Because I believe today, before you walk out of this place, the Lord wants to remind you that you are His. And if you can only believe, this is what will happen. podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.